You're listening to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training, helping you guide your group through its study of the storyline of Scripture. Hey there, thanks for joining us for the Weekly Leader Training for the Gospel Project for Adults. I'm Aaron Armstrong, and with me is Ken Brady. Today we are wrapping up Unit 30 and actually this entire volume of the Gospel Project with Session 4, Holding Fast to the Gospel of Jesus. So, uh, in this, so the big idea of this session is this: is that the world is full of temptations and distractions to keep people from a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and Satan himself engineers these to oppose the work of God. But sometimes these distractions enter into the midst of the church with the aim of leading even believers astray. And so in this session, we're going to be warned to hold fast to the one true gospel of Jesus crucified and raised and challenged to rely on God's power and direction for sharing this gospel with others. And finally, we will be emboldened to confront anyone who would try to distract people from the truth of the gospel. So, Ken, what would you say is the most important takeaway from this session? Because there's a lot going on here. Oh boy, there are a lot of moving parts in this one, Aaron. This could be a great, I mean, really great study. I'd say when it, you know you boil it all down, it, it comes down to the fact that God empowers his people. Mm-hmm. He empowers you and I, people in our groups, uh, all of us, uh, to share the one true gospel of Christ. And uh, that we are also empowered to confront people that preach a false gospel. And no one likes confrontation. I mean, nobody does. You know, it's just not something we go wake up every day looking to go do. But, you know, when we see and hear a false gospel, uh, it's up to us to step in, uh, Mm -hmm. those that know the truth, and to bring some corrective thinking and some corrective theology, you know, to the... uh, to the conversation at that moment. Yeah, most definitely. So I, I think it's fair to say most of the challenges that are, that are going to come in this session stem around, like revolve around around that idea. But uh, how about you get us kicked off? Yeah, so uh, I think that, uh, I think, you know, one of the challenges we're going to have uh, in this particular Bible study uh, is that our, gr- our group members, Aaron, may uh, want to excuse themselves from witnessing uh, because mm-hmm. they thought they may lack, you know, the knowledge or the speaking skills to do that and do the, you know, the witnessing and the confronting and over the years of leading groups and, and whatnot, that's really, I think, been our number one problem uh, in our groups. Uh, I'm talking about the ones that I've, I've led and the adults that I've known up close uh, is that most of them just don't feel, they just don't feel empowered. They don't feel confident uh, to, uh, to do any kind of confronting and or uh, just witnessing. And, uh, and I want to remind them, you know, that they, they are empowered and that God will give, give them and give us uh, the right words. And, uh, you know, we also, you know, in this particular story, we, we don't need to lose sight of the fact that not only did Paul witness, uh, you know, verbally, uh, but he also had a, a lifestyle witness too. Now, I don't think a lifestyle witness excuses us from having a verbal witness, right? I think they, they really work in tandem. Uh, but he refused you know, to get paid uh, for his uh, teaching, uh, which was a very common practice in the day. Uh, teachers were supported by their students, and and he taught uh, the word of God. But he also worked on the side and tried to uh, try not to be a burden to the Corinthian church. And so uh, he also had not just the verbal witness, but his lifestyle was witnessing uh, for Christ too. So I wouldn't want our people to think that oh, who I can get out of verbal witnessing just you know by having a 
good lifestyle. People watch my life and surely they'll know that that's because of Jesus, that kind of thing. So I think it's important uh, to remind our folks that it's a, it's a both and not an either or. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, I think the, the other thing that comes up is false teachers. And there's a lot there. <laughs> so, um, you know, fall session, like point three of this session, there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of difficulty. And, um, I think that there's going to, that there's really kind of three perspectives. Um, one is that you're going to have people who are going to feel very emotional about this or, or could potentially feel very emotional about it because they may be supportive of a false teacher who they don't even realize is a false teacher. Yes. Um, that is a significant problem. Um, you may also have people in your group who think it's entirely wrong to label anyone a false teacher. And then there's another group. Then you will, and I think you will definitely have some of these. You might have some of the other two. You will almost be guaranteed to have some of these ones, um, which is people who are far too eager to label people as false teachers. <laughs> right. And we need to be really, really careful with this, um, with labeling or declaring someone as a false teacher. So if someone is teaching a false gospel or false doctrine, as in they're denying the sufficiency of Christ's death or re- and resurrection, for example, then, yeah, they're 100% a false teacher. There are certain people that uh, I think that both of us would be quite comfortable saying are false teachers. Anyone who promotes the prosperity gospel, um, for example, the which basically is the if you're, uh, you know, God wants you in, to be healthy and wealthy and in good relationships. And if you are any, and if you're not any of those things, then it's clearly the wrath of God upon you. Um, so just believe harder. Um, <laughs> Yes, and um, and so that's false teaching. But I and I've see, and I see this a lot because you know on the great equalizer of the interwebs, um, there is a tendency to um, to view anyone who might hold a different view than you on a on a particular issue as a false teacher. Yes, I, I think that one, Aaron, may be uh, probably uh, more prevalent. You know that uh, that we get very defensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, when folks espouse something different than we have believed or heard our pastors say, and uh, and I think that's one of those that we really have to be careful with. You know, Absolutely, that, you know, we have to be very discerning and uh, and maybe slow to speak. Maybe try to really listen to understand exactly what the other person is is teaching and saying. You know, before we go hop in and uh, and condemn and to label them, you know, a false teacher. Definitely. And I, I think here's where, where another rub comes in on that is, is that false teaching has as much to do with content as character. Mm. And so um, that is – and that's a tricky thing. And so you can have people who, uh, who teach a true gospel. Um, and Paul, Paul talks about this in Philippians chapter 1. He says that there are these people who were preaching the gospel – who were doing so out of false motive. Yes. And that would lead to that would lead me to suggest he's calling them false teachers too. Mm-hmm. Because they were doing it to hurt him specifically. Yes. Right. So 
I mean, this is where it's like we've got to be real careful. And so what ultimately we need to do, we need to recognize when we have a conversation about false teachers and false teaching is that there has to be a lot of humility and a lot of patience. We need to navigate it super delicately. That doesn't mean that we're afraid to name names um, when it's appropriate, but we do so very carefully and wisely. Yes. And I think too, you know, if there's any, uh, if there's a question about, you know, well, is this person uh, that teaches and they maybe they've got books out, they've mm-hmm. got uh, radio or internet, uh, you know, some kind of a, a social media uh, presence, influence, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, you know, we would think that, you know, well, that, that validates their message, right? Because I mean, surely they wouldn't have books and programs and things unless they were, you know, right on target. But that's not always the case. So I'd say if there's a question, you know, that arises uh, about, hey, is person X, you know, uh, what's their teaching? Are they are they false, you know, or are they just different, you know, than what we believe? But they're, you know, they're not a false teacher. I'd say, uh, you know, consult with your pastor and uh, and ask him. He's going to know, and I think we'll be able to provide a lot of guidance, you know, to to you as to who would be someone, you know, that he would recommend that you could listen to, you know, mm-hmm. besides himself, mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, continue to, you know, feed yourself and to be encouraged in God's word. So I definitely say go to your pastor because uh, he's going to know and he'll be able to help as a shepherd uh, to guide you, you know, with those kinds of decisions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and along with that, of course, you know, we can't, um, we can't ignore the, the reality of we, we should always be, you know, as we study the Bible for ourselves, as, we pray and seek wisdom from the Lord. Um, he's going to help us navigate those those tough topics as well. So, which yeah, is absolutely yeah. So, Ken, uh, what would be a uh, final encouragement that uh, that you'd have for leaders today? You know, I say I want to encourage group leaders uh, as we wrap up this particular unit of study uh, to consider sharing a story of how they witnessed to someone. Uh, and maybe choose a story in which that you know that person didn't respond uh, to the gospel. Uh, and, and use that story to remind your group members that success in, in our witnessing encounters uh, is not about conversions. Uh, it's about conversations. I think that our role is to speak and to speak up. And then you let the Holy Spirit uh, take that conversation and use it to the glory of God. Sometimes, you know, Aaron, it's a seed planting. You know, you're planting a seed of the gospel and there's not a harvest right there. Maybe you're just kind of beginning a relationship with somebody, mm-hmm. uh, but down the road that that seed grows and someone else will be there to harvest. And, you know, uh, both you and that person that ultimately leads the uh, guy or gal to the Lord can, can rejoice in that. So I would say help your people to realize that, uh, that, you know, not every time you, you share the gospel, you're going to get a, a you know, a conversion from that. Mm-hmm. But that's really, I don't think the goal, the goal is to speak and to speak up and get the gospel uh, from your mouth into their head and then let the Holy Spirit do his work. Man, that is a, that's a good word to end on. So, uh, so let's wrap it up there. Um, so Ken, thanks for chatting about this and thank you all for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you guide your group through this session, visit gospelproject.com.